0: 192 is the local meta. My name is Butcher,
1: And I'm John.
0: <sighs> John, how's it going tonight, man?
1: Uh, fine, I suppose.
0: <laughs> Jeez. I'm I, just, I just
1: have a headache, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to be
1: yeah.
0: wiped out, but we got some more cool cards.
1: We do. There is new fancy things to discuss. We need to try and actually finish talking about uh, a section that would normally take a single episode, and now it's going to take
0: two. All right. Well, let's let's get cooking then, so we waste no time doing this. Okay. Yep. All right. So, um, talking about cards from Kalheim. So, first one we have up is uh, crippling Spear. So we got two black black first sorcery. Two is a creature. Creatures that aren't. Of the chosen types, at might minus three in the end of turn.
1: This card is the exact opposite of Witch's Vengeance, and it's kind of cool because of that. Like, this is a much more versatile board. But I feel like, yes, it's not three mana like Witch- Witch's Vengeance, but Witch's Vengeance also sees like no play ever outside of trying to hate out historic goblins sometimes. <laughs> but even then, that's not good enough most of the time. Right, the things that matter in historic goblins is literally just Muxus, who's a four four. He doesn't die to knight three, night three. Yeah. Like this being a universal pseudo language is actually much more beneficial because, like, if you, even if you just want to completely wipe the board, you don't have to name a creature type in play. You can just name something like you know, uh, oof, yeah. and everything dies. Yep,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah, name some creature type like that isn't even in play.
1: Yeah, I mean, having the ability to uh, play a board wipe that doesn't affect your own personal travel deck is a powerful thing. Like, there might be the makings of a like elf travel deck in standard, or like anything along those lines. So, like, having the ability to play this and uh, like basically this is effectively an overrun at that point because you're just killing all your opponent's stuff and getting in there. Yeah, like that's just a powerful thing. So. I dig it.
0: No, I think it's, I like I like this card. I think it's really cool design and, and it's decent enough, actually. So.
1: Yeah, I think I would be surprised if this card sees no play.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's gonna be like one of those cards that's like just every deck. But...
1: No, like I mean, like I said, this card is not a languish. You know, negative negative four is much better than negative three, yeah. but this does a good enough approximation where we don't really get board wipes anymore at least in black so like having this option if you're trying to play a black based control deck is nice you know or if, like I said if you want to play a travel deck that can take advantage of this it is also just a really nice thing to have. I like mirror breakers in potentially board stall matchups and that's exactly what this card is. Right. The next card we have is a Roger necromancer three in a black for a 4-4 snow creature zombie clerk if a non-token creature an opponent controls would die exile that card with an ice counter on it instead and you may cast spells from among cards in exile your opponent's own with ice counters on them and you may spend mana from snow sources as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells um, I have two standard decks that I've been playing since this new Callheim came out. One is Blue Red Flash, and I actually think it's not very good. <laughs> the other is a salt Eye Snow deck that runs this card. I think it's like a two or three of. I don't remember exactly. That's annoying. This card is mildly infuriating for anyone who's trying
0: to play creatures. <laughs> anyone who's trying to play any cards that do things
1: yeah like i really dig this card it's just on it's a four 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 which is like okay it's a really really nice piece of hate actually like the Mm -hmm. fact that if you're if this is in play and your opponent casts the first half of an euro it's getting exiled they're not getting it back yeah like uh, that is a powerful thing to happen like this is you know graveyard hate against the kind of like sacrifice themed decks and all that kind of stuff and you know like in any kind of deck that's trying to sacrifice to get that death triggers it it doesn't die it's a replacement effect which is also really good and the fact that you can just use this for your own grindy value is just i like this card i have i have so far enjoyed playing this card uh honestly i kind of always think that it's supposed to be a 4-3 for some reason i don't know why i think that but yeah sure. but i dig it
0: it's a cool card even though it's really annoying to play against but
1: man it was nice to like kill your one kill your little one one death touchers and then cast the the um adventure side of them and the base side of them myself against you yeah. that was just funny that was annoying. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't like it, but... It made me a little sad. Plus, it was a really good answer for me to deal with your freaking uh, Skyclave Shade, because that thing was really getting annoying for me. <laughs> like, the graveyard hate aspect is not something people should sleep on. It is powerful, especially in a format with a lot of graveyard synergies.
0: Yeah, totally. I hear you. Alright, next up we have Eradicator Valkyrie. Uh It is Black Black for a 4-3, there you go, uh, Angel Berserker. It has Flying Lifelink Connected from Planeswalkers. Right? That uh, has both 1 in the black Sacrifice the Creature, Equipment Sacrifice Creature, or... A creature.
1: This is a card that I am surprised I have not seen in any decklist yet. It, it seems pretty good. Like... Hexer from Planeswalkers is just a really powerful line of text in Modern Magic, yeah. right? You know, flying Lifelink 4 three on a on a four mana card that's perfectly reasonable. Gisela did see play, you know, just on Rostet alone. This card is very, very similar in that regard. You know, she had she had Vigilance. This has Hexer from Planeswalkers. Like that's basically a even ish trade off based off like the timelines because back then Planeswalkers weren't the end all be all that they are now. Mm-hmm. And the boast ability to make an opponent sacrifice a creature or a planeswalker is just a really powerful thing. And, you know, we've seen similar effects to this with Rankle, where he has his once he deals combat damage, you can trigger and make your opponent sacrifice a creature. Or you can make yeah. both players sacrifice creatures. Like, that alone is a powerful ability. And the fact that this can also make your opponent sacrifice a planeswalker if they don't have a creature. Like, you know, my whole comment about there's a lot of Uh, graveyard based synergies and stuff with dragger necromancer this is a card that takes advantage of things like that when you're sacrificing creatures you're getting value for them dying Mm -hmm. and i feel like this card will see play at some point i just don't know what should be playing it if that makes sense because like i know that there is still like a red black sacrifice decks and stuff like that are going around even though cat is gone
0: yeah I just, I just think it's a cool card in general. Did I it, you? Oh no, okay,
1: sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I had to blow my nose, so okay. I, I, I muted myself. So. All right. Yeah, like in in general, this is a sweet card. I actually really like the art. I think the art is really well done. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't see black angels that often.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, usually I like the black and and white black angels in this set
1: it fits for what they're supposed to be representing also yeah which i do really appreciate so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: all right cool all right next up we have haunting voyage four black black for a sorcery choose a creature type return up to two creature cards of that type from your graveyard to the battlefield. If this spell was foretold, return all creature cards of that type from your graveyard to the battlefield instead. Its foretell cost is 5 black black. This is one of the the few foretell cards that is actually more expensive. Let me look up a card real quick. I want to make sure it is what I think it is. Okay. This card is a throwback to a very specific magic card called Patriarch's Bidding. Okay. Uh, it I've was never heard of this. it was three black black. Each player chooses a creature type, each player returns all creature cards of the type chosen this way from his or her graveyard to play. Okay. This was from back in onslaught. There was a deck in onslaught called Goblin Goblin Bidding.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was a black red goblins deck that used this card <laughs> as like the final hit to kill your opponent. This is a very powerful effect with a pedigree of being powerful. Yeah. Obviously, this is more expensive. You know, like. I mean, yeah. The, f- the front side of this is just uh, Ever After. That card's on no play ever, right? Yeah, yeah. And the back side of this costs two more mana than a Patriarch's bidding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you don't, like, have the ability to use stuff like um, uh, Skirk Prospector to get extra mana, really. But the fact that you... This card is like a slam dunk for any sort of travel deck in EDH, no matter what.
0: Right, Right. yeah. And
1: there is a world where this card is good enough for standard in a travel setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Much like the... Something... Or much like with the Crippling Fear, this is just a card that can just, you know, just like do a giant out of nowhere, look what I have, you know. The... Um something the Dreadhorde.
0: Some of the Dreadhorde?
1: of the Dreadhorde, whatever the, the card was called. The like you could pay X life and reanimate any number of creatures or oh. planeswalkers their C, yeah, e- e- C- minor life you had to pay. That card did see play.
0: Command the Dreadhorde.
1: Command the Dreadhorde, there we go. Like this card is very similar to that in that regard. Once again it's more expensive, but you're reanimating possibly an entire graveyard of cards. Mm-hmm. And one of my biggest complaints about Historic is the fact that go- the Goblins deck does not play like a Goblins deck. The Goblins deck yeah. plays like a combo deck. Muxus is a combo card, effectively. Yeah. And that's why I don't play it in Historic, because I don't want to play combo, I want to play Goblins. Yeah, And like I look at this, and I'm like, well, we still have Skirk Prospector, and we still have a lot of weird things you could do. And the Muxus deck has been known to splash black for... Mm-hmm cards it's like i don't think this is good enough but this would be a really interesting card after like your opponent board wipes you to just be like bring it all back (laughs) don't think it's good enough but it might be yeah i mean i just want want to play grindy goblins is my problem
0: yeah true yeah i I mean at seven mana that's uh, that's a big ask it
1: is a big ask but but muxus costs six
0: yeah I mean, and, just in general for, for a lot of decks. Because, I mean, you want to be playing decks that go longer, you know, or oh, yeah. can generate lots of mana. Oh, yeah. Um, And so, like, I mean, having it be a foretell cost for that is huge, honestly. Um, Because you can, like, paying two and just kind of setting it off to the side is better than having it in your hand most of the time. Uh,
1: yeah, then you're not weak to your opponent using any sort of discard or anything yeah. like that. It's just, like, safely tucked away for its, like... Yeah, you know, you, you grind your opponent, you keep doing your thing, and eventually if you need it, you're just like, alright, here's this thing.
0: Yeah, as long as your opponent's not, like, trying to magistrate law. Yeah. But,
1: but shout so, out to him know. for finally seeing, being playable again.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, seems, this card's cool. I like it, overall. But...
1: What we got
0: next? Okay, so, so next up we have Poison the Cup. Uh, one black, black. Instant. Destroy target creature. If this spell was foretold, scry two, and its foretell cost is one and a black. This this card is great. <laughs> From my perspective, at least.
1: Murder with upside. Murder
0: with upside. It is everything I want. Like, play it straight up as a murderer, or foretell it, and then you got a doom blade off to the side that you can scry two off of.
1: Yeah, like Paying an extra oh, yeah. mana for scry two, that's... Yeah perfectly good yeah you know like that like scry two is a very powerful line of text especially in a deck where like you if you are playing a deck that wants to play a three mana removal spell the ability Mm -hmm. to scry is going to be a beneficial thing for you yeah so it's really it's really nice that you can just like pay that little bit extra you know like even in like the late game and all that like yeah, you know, even if your opponent has a creature in play that you just want to kill, you can just foretell it, and then on their turn kill it. Yep,
0: foretell it, pass on their upkeep, just kill it. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: you, you can still do that. And a lot of times, people want to use the removal spells on their opponent's turn anyway, so it's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: at that point, it's just free value, which is super dope.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Like yeah, I. And this is one of those things I like just being able to you know, paying the two and putting it off to the side is just like upside in my opinion. Yeah. Like, especially like. So I'm thinking, like, oh, man, I want to slam this in murder kill. That sounds great, you know? hmm And, like, it just makes my um, uh, my castle locked Lockthewains better, you know? I don't, I'm not getting poked in the butt as hard by them. <laughs> like, you know, being able to play it as a murderer, if I draw it off that right away, is nice. But being able to just, like, foretell it off the size 2. Scrying is really good in that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I just think this card's great. I love it. Yeah, This,
1: this card does a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. And you know, murder is always right on the border of being playable. Right. Yeah. And like, maybe this pushes it over. You
0: never know. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, maybe it's one of those ones where it's like shrug. Maybe. You're. Yeah. It's cool.
1: And I mean, it's another one of those cards that the it's easier to cast its for kill cost than it's a base cost. So as a result, that this is more easy to splash. Yep. So like, maybe there might be some sort of Esper base deck that wants to play this card. Mm-hmm. Who knows.
0: Yeah, and again with the foretell of just being able to set it off to the side, you know, and not having to worry about filling up your hand.
1: Yeah. I take it. <laughs> All right. Apparently, I get the wordy cards today. Good. <laughs> Next up, we have Valky, God of Lies. Uh, one and a black for a 2 1 legendary creature, God. When Valky enters the battlefield, each opponent reveals their hand. For each opponent, exile a creature card they reveal this way until Valky leaves the battlefield. You can pay X, choose a creature card, exile with Valky. With converted mana cost of X, Valky becomes a copy of that card. But wait, there's more. But wait. Valky is a DFC. In the back is Tybalt Cosmic Impostor. Five Black Red for a legendary Planeswalker Tibalt. As Tybalt enters the battlefield, you get an emblem with you may play cards exiled with Tybalt, Cosmic Impostor and you may spend mana as though, or mana of any color to cast those spells. It's plus 2, exile the top card of each player's library. Negative 3, exile, target artifact or creature and negative 8, exile all cards from all graveyards add 3 red to your head. <laughs> this card does a
0: lot yeah there's a lot happening here
1: uh, this card has already seen play in Modern and even Legacy Oof. Oof. Uh, because you can cascade into Valky and cast Tibalt. <laughs> that is the thing that is going on in Legacy literally right now alright kinda cool actually if I'm I, being honest I guess yeah the th- the thing is, you do that, and it's he's not even that oppressive, right? Mm-hmm. Like his the big thing is he comes into play and takes up the seven loyalty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first step is actually really, really relevant because you can cast him on turn two, exile your opponent's URO, and then turn three just turn him into an arrow. But <laughs> uh, uh, just smack him in the mouth. <laughs> just smack him in the mouth for six. Like that yeah. is something I want to do in my life,
0: uh... <laughs>
1: more than is reasonable.
0: Makes me uh, glad they didn't ban Earl <laughs>
1: did, uh, They did ban him, didn't they? Oh,
0: they did. You're right. Yeah, he's
1: banned in Standard right now.
0: Oh, but... uh, sad.
1: You can do it in Historic, though, which is still a relevant thing. You can do it in Modern, which is a relevant thing. You can do it in Legacy, which is a relevant thing. This God. card is, just does relevant things on every front, and it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will say I hate every single art of this card that exists, because for various reasons... I just don't know why i just don't like them but
0: i'll I'll allow it i don't don't know
1: yeah this card is cool and already doing things so all
0: right i like it (laughs) all right um so i get all the cards that are just right up my alley too apparently um next up we have uh way down uh black for a sorcery there's an additional cost to cast a spell exile a creature card from your graveyard uh, target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn.
1: This card... I don't know if this is good enough for Constructed, but it has to be close, right?
0: It's cool. I like... I mean, I like it. It's, you know... The, the exile card from your graveyard is just a cool... like, condition in some ways. Yeah. Like, I wish it gave me a little bit more, but, like... Like there three isn't that bad
1: there's a lot of interest like there's this card and then there's also a green card that I think we're gonna be talking about later later that does a they do they do a similar thing to in that mm-hmm. regard where like they have to exile a creature card from your graveyard to actually get the proper effects but yeah. o- other than that they are like very cheap for what they do like one black for negative three negative three is really good. The problem is you're yeah. never gonna be able to to cast this on turn one ever, right? Ever, yeah. Unless your opponent somehow mills you. But, like, just ha- the ability to double double spell this card is actually a powerful thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. You know? And, like, obviously this card is good enough in limited, right? Like, ne- negative three, negative three in limited, basically on any turn, is always going to do something relevant, and creatures just trade off in limited, because that's oh, yeah. the nature of the format, so...
0: Yeah, this being a sorcery is a little bit. Mm, mm. It's a little bit new,
1: but it also like it's yeah. like okay, sure,
0: but it's still like it's one of those cards that's still that I'm I'm playing it like. Yeah,
1: I I actually think too many removal spells are instant speed because then it makes everyone think that everything has to be instant speed. See, <laughs> uh, Ruinous I know Path. the exact
0: card. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm like mm. I know the exact card you're gonna talk about, Ruinous Path. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> <sighs> Also, this is one of the few cards on the set that has art that really stands out. Like,
0: I guess it I don't
1: is. Know. I mean, it's the only bright yellow card in the set.
0: I get it, but uh, like, I'm still not like. I don't. I'm, I don't think it. the
1: art is amazing, but I do think that it, it stands out and it's very unique in what it shows.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: I kind of, I kind of dig it. It's no Seb McKinnon, but it's okay.
0: All right. All right why don't you take the next one all right
1: next up we have Bergie, god of storytelling it's really hard not to call this card Ferky for some reason but i'll trust you i keep i keep like i read the name and i think Ferky and i think a birdie and it's neither of those <laughs> uh it is once again a legendary creature god for two and a red it is a three three whenever you cast a spell add red until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. Creatures you control can boast twice during each of your turns rather than once. And then there's the flip side: it's Harnfell, Horn of Bounty. Four in a red for a legendary artifact. Discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn. This is probably the most blatantly combo-centric card that they have printed in forever.
0: Yeah, this one is basically just, like, neon lights being, like, combo with me now.
1: I have already seen multiple decks in, like, older formats playing this card. Huh. You know, like, you're just playing a bunch of, like, zero mana creatures and stuff just to, like, create a crap ton of mana. And, like, the the whole a card, Exile the of cards, and you could play them, is just a powerful thing also.
0: Yeah, like, that's just a cool effect. I like that effect. Yeah. I think that's cool.
1: Uh, the the one deck that I saw someone playing this in, in Standard, actually, was playing the Teamer Enchantment. Whenever you cast a spell, you draw two cards. During your end step, you discard your hands. <laughs> and they just decked themselves, and then played a Thassa's Oracle.
0: <laughs> Alright.
1: Because that's a thing you can do.
0: <laughs> Apparently I, that's a thing you can do.
1: I don't know if that's good enough, but it's interesting, right? It's,
0: it's cool, if nothing else,
1: right? Yeah. And like, and there is a mono-red storm deck in Legacy. Okay. And if you can, like, cast this the turn before you start going off, that just has to be good. There's no universe where there's that's not good.
0: I mean, free mana seems good.
1: Exactly, right? Like you. Oh no, you have to cast three spells in your mono-red storm deck for this card to start paying itself off.
0: Okay. E- easy peasy, right? <laughs> right.
1: I mean, ex- especially in a deck that's already playing uh ruby medallion and the tuke mana colorless artifact that makes all spells cost them one mana less. Oh, yeah. So suddenly you have to cast a single spell, and this card pays for itself.
0: Right.
1: Seems like it could do something.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Next up, we have Frostbite. Uh, It is a single red mana for a snow instant. Frostbite deals two damage to target creature or planeswalker. If you control three or more snow permanents, it deals three damage instead.
1: I really like the art of this card, even though that's, this is not the, the flavor section. Okay. I love how there's just uh, Ice Troll trying to bite a dude's arm off and the flavor text of Don't Wander Far. It's a bit nippy out there. It's just, it's a great pun. I enjoy okay. the pun. <laughs> but this card... Snowbolt is cool. Snowbolt is cool. I mean, it's... We already have um, a pseudo... Uh, card like this in the the red ferocious shock that sees play in Pioneer. This card wild, is w- wild slash wild slash. Yeah, like this can't go face and that can. Okay, yeah. but like yeah. the the potential to deal three for a single red mana is a powerful
0: thing to do. Can wild like, slash
1: go face? I'm pretty sure it can.
0: I'll, I'll look. Okay, I guess we're both gonna look. Might as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, two damage to any target. Okay. Alright, you, know, you know. This this is not quite that, because they're not going to yep. put an actual lightning bolt in standard. Oh,
0: Wild Slash. This is, Wild Slash is different. Wild Slash prevents damage. Yeah, it prevents damage. That's so what there's think. some other card we're thinking of, I think. But
1: No, I was thinking of Wild Slash. Oh, I was okay. just thinking okay. of the fact Sorry. that like this is a shock with upside. And yeah, so shock with upside. Okay. Yeah, and so, and so is Wild Slash, but obviously Wild Slash can go face. Because, yeah. as mentioned, they're not going to lightning bolt in standard, because then direct damage is problematic. But, like, having the ability to, if you're, like, playing this in mono-red, where you're already wanting to play cards like Shock to, like, clear up blockers. Yeah. Like, if you're playing mono-red, playing Snow Mountains is not that difficult at all. And then you do have the upside of potentially clearing a larger blocker. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, helping you, like, trade up or just eat a creature if you have a first striker. Like, this, this is a sweet card. And yep. I like
0: it. I like I like the design. It's it's one of those like super simple designs that you can't put in any set, but like just makes perfect sense. Oh yeah. All
1: right. All right. Next up we have Gold Span Dragon. Three in a red for a four four creature dragon with flying and haste. When gold span dragon attacks or becomes the target of a spell, create a treasure token. And treasures you control have tap sacrifices artifact at two mana of any one color. Uh, this card actually saw a decent amount of hype when it was previewed. Mm-hmm. And I am not that impressed with it. <laughs> it's got a cool effect, but it's like. It has a really cool effect. Yeah. The big problem with it is the fact that, like, it's. The best thing it has going for it is it's a really good attacker. Mm-hmm. And that isn't necessarily the most important thing in standard right now like
0: i mean like also the effect it's like i mean i want to be using this to cast my five mana card i don't i'm not looking for my five mana card to like do this in some yeah
1: place. i mean the best thing about this card is you can you can play it on turn five attack with it and you have two mana available to like play a counter spell like yeah you do get to play a tempo game with this card the problem is you have to get to a point where you're already casting it in the first place and yeah, sometimes which, yeah. that mm-hmm. can be hard. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the one totally adorable thing that I really like is Goldsblad Dragon plus Bergy. If you're doing like a pseudo heroic style thing, mana <laughs> is never an issue for you ever again.
0: Oh man, yeah.
1: Your only limit is how many cards do you have in your hand. Because <laughs> like every single time you cast a spell targeting a dragon, you just get three mana straight up. Yep. It's like, well, what do you want to cast? The world is your oyster. Like, yeah. don't think that's good enough in any universe at all. But it would be sweet if it was. <laughs> yeah, I want it to be. But yeah. <laughs> also, this is probably one of the most obnoxious animations when you play it I've ever seen on Arena.
0: No, really, I haven't played it. So,
1: imagine like the is it the is it symbol,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but with this dragon's head and its giant ass wings taking up the entire screen. Okay. It, does, it doesn't even move, it just pops up and just sits there. It just. It <laughs> looks like it is a signet. It's like, why do you exist?
0: Oh <laughs> uh, no, well. Alright. So, uh, next up we have Magda Brazen Outlaw. One red for a 2-1 legendary creature dwarf berserker. Other dwarves you control get a plus one, plus zero. Whenever a dwarf you control becomes tapped, Create a treasure token. Sacrifice five treasures. Search your library for an artifact or dragon card and put that card onto the battlefield and then shuffle your library. Hey, we figured out how to use our dragon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this card almost was like 10 out of 10 quality for me just because mm-hmm. of there's a lot going on in here that I think is really, really sweet. Yeah, We don't get that many legendary dwarves, but even though they're uh-huh. more common than they used to be. Um, the fact that it's whenever a dwarf you control becomes tapped, to create a treasure token is a very big thing because, a, like, you gotta remember the the previous legendary dwarf that saw any play at all, was all about crewing vehicles. Additionally, so you just oh. get them even if you crew a vehicle, right?
0: Start cruising.
1: The fact that you can you sacrifice them at search library for any artifact or dragon card is super great flavor and actually really powerful, also. Yeah, I was gonna say it's got that's gotta be good. Like that just does things. Like there are powerful dragons, and obviously there's just nuts. So artifacts that you can just tutor up out of nowhere and do God knows what.
0: With, yeah, right? Artifacts that are never good.
1: Yeah, never. They've never done anything ever in Magic. <laughs> <laughs> like, but the main thing about this card is like I saw a streamer playing historic historic dwarves and their only real losses were to goblins this deck could never be goblins ever because goblins just <laughs> went bigger and faster yeah but they were just crushing so many other decks because you even if you never tutor up a card from your your deck you just empty your hand so quickly and come out of the gates so fast like there are a lot of lord effects in, in dwarves right now So where, like, they were playing the Shieldmate, the 1-mana 1-3, because it was a 1-mana Dwarf, to just get Magdus going. Like, you play that on 1, this on 2, attack for 2, and you just get a treasure. And you can just take off. It's kind of insane what the deck had the potential of doing. That's cool. Don't know if it's good enough for Standard, because you're missing a lot of stuff, but this card did do things in Historic, which was kind of dope. It's, right. just, it's just that's cool things. I love the flavor of it. So
0: okay,
1: you're up. I, uh, oh yeah, you did read the last one. Uh, next up, we have a squash. Uh, four and a red for an instance. Squash deals six damage to target creature or planeswalker. This spell costs three less to cast if you control a giant. Which means if you have a giant, this is a 2 mana deal 6.
0: 2 mana destroy target creature.
1: Yeah, 2 mana destroy target creature
0: or Oko
1: who hasn't ticked up what it wants. Yep. I, I hate Oko. Why does he tick up to 6? Right. Uh, I, anyway, this... If giants see play, which I'm still yep. not sure if they will, this <laughs> card has to be good enough. I it mean, just right? has to be.
0: It has to be. Like this is this is red doomblade at that point.
1: This is red doomblade. Like yes, you need a a giant in play, and yes, that is kind of a tall order. But there are cheaper
0: giants in this set. You <laughs> know, like pun.
1: did did I what did I say?
0: Uh, it's a tall order to have a giant.
1: Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I you just derailed me I just, now I just derailed you my my brain is like what was I saying I don't remember
0: i I just got the most interesting part out so we're yeah,
1: you did either like this card just does a lot yeah also the flavor text is great
0: I guess yeah. I like it uh, that, card, that, that card bothers me things getting squished bothers me
1: yeah and the, like don't look too closely at it. Because the more you look at it, the more you wonder what's going on, and the more you're bothered by it.
0: Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so I don't. Alright. Uh, so next up, we have Tybalt's Trickery. Alright. Uh, so we have one in red for an instant. Uh, Counter Target Spell. I right. Choose one, two, or three at random. <laughs> its controller mills that many cards then exiles exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card with a different name than that spell. They may cast that card without paying its mana cost, then they put the exiled cards on the bottom of their library in a random order.
1: So you want to know something hilarious? Sure. This card is seen play in a combo deck in Historic. Right. The combo deck has a 14% win rate. Okay. Uh you're playing Allosaurus Shepherd, which it and other green spells you control can't be countered. Okay. You cast that, and then you counter it yourself. Okay. Which then triggers this, and then you cast an Ulamog. It's so bad, but people are like freaking out about it. Even though it literally has a 14% win rate. Those are, mind you, these are literally the only three cards in the deck that aren't lands. And you regularly mulligan to two when you're playing it. Because all you need is Allosaurus Shepherd and Tibble Trickery. And then you need to get lucky. And you need to play Allosaurus Shepherd. It's very important. Because that way, if you hit another Tibble's Trickery off of the Tibble's Trickery, you can cast it again, targeting the same
0: Allosaurus Shepherd. I don't even know. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like unexpected results is better than this. <laughs> I actually agree with you. <laughs> I'll take that uh, to the bank. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, the like I would I I put this on the list because I wanted to talk about the fact that red has a counterspell. Like yeah. this card is, I think you worded it like this, is like the counterspell version of Chaos one. Yeah, like you don't know what you're going to get, and it could bite you in the ass. Yeah, uh, exactly. Robert actually cast this last night at our little mini pre-release that we did together yep. on a card of another friend of ours, and the friend put a 6-6 in the play. <laughs> he regretted casting it.
0: Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> random cards do random things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, definitely interesting. Yeah. But, yeah. I love it. I, just, I, I love how everyone's like, oh my god, a red counterspell. Let's make it into a combo deck. Yeah, right. <laughs> this card uh, is. I don't think this card is good.
0: Yeah, like, I mean.
1: This yeah. card is. If you're already playing Chaos Warp in Commander, you play this card, right? Because I mean, it's I think like, you
0: just have to because you're just trying to screw with everybody so hard. I mean, Chaos Warp is just a good removal spell in red. You get to deal with things you can't uh-huh. normally deal with. Now, 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 calm down here. <laughs> let's not go that far. It is a
1: good removal spell in red, in commander. Being able to hit any type of permanent matters.
0: I, I I'm, that that does matter. I accept that, but like, I'm just saying, like, let's not let's not go as far as saying it's actively good. All right. <laughs> All right. Whatever. But okay. Next, let's just let's just move on from this. Nice. <laughs> another mess
1: move on from uh, the trickery all right text up we have the most overrated card in the entire set fight me in search of greatness i, I will say i love how the legendary squirrel is on here oh yeah uh green green for an enchantment At the beginning of your upkeep, you may cast a permanent spell from your hand with converted mana cost equal to one plus the highest converted mana cost amongst other permanents you control without paying its mana costs. If you don't, scry one. So, uh, there's a, a podcast I listen to. It contains two people that I think are very, very good at magic.
0: Oh, well, thank you for talking about us like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of them has a thing where he always says, if it's free, it's me. And he started saying this when um, uh, whatever Fires of Invention and the... Wilderness reclamation were like the big things because like they were effectively free enchantments, and then they effectively double your mana from there. Yep. And he made the statement, "If things are going, uh, what was the word he used? Ideally for you, this card is amazing."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And my, I he didn't actually say ideally, but he said something along those lines, and I dis spies the fact that he said if things are going ideally for you yeah. magic doesn't go ideally for anyone yeah. games change things happen this is not a good card if your opponent's murdering your stuff which and, yeah I, I like doing <laughs> and don't get me wrong the downside of scrying one is okay yeah like scry one like life crashes was a magic card that gave you value for casting your creature spells, which this technically does too, but Lifecrafter Beachery was a pay an extra grain and draw a card and during your upkeep you scribe one. Yeah. This card is just worse than that, even though Lifecrafter's Bestiary costs cost an addition or cost an additional generic mana. Uh-huh. Like this you need to already be doing relevant things before this does anything relevant.
0: Yeah. Or which or is. you have to just be all in on the plan of I'm gonna put one drops into or like you know, one cmc creatures into play off this because all my shit's dead
1: but you yeah like (laughs) exactly right it's but it's just the scry one is not a big enough upside to make up for the massive downside of this card Mm -hmm. there's no universe where it is like i i i am willing to take the l on this one if this card is somehow insane but i cannot imagine it is it just doesn't there's too many caveats on this card to make it good yeah and I think that's very intentional
0: I like, mean it's not it's not like a card like that you know lets people do stuff for free as ever burned people before right
1: right <laughs> but like the thing is the fact that you can only cast them out of your hand means like even if you do get to empty your hand like slightly faster than you normally would mm-hmm. how are you refilling Eventually, yeah. like, this card just becomes it's a two-man enchantment that lets you scry one. Which is, like I said, it's still fine. Like, this card is actually okay-ish in multiples, because then they both would see each other. So, Do like, you the one... Cast three drops? <laughs> well, the one lets you cast a three-drop, and then I think the other one on resolution lets you cast a four-drop because you have a okay. three-drop in play already. Right. And, like, and if they don't work, you're just scrying one a bunch, which is, like, okay, sure, but, like, you still... You run out of cards at hand. And that is just such, that's such a big problem. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to take that into account when they are doing things like that. Like, not everything works ideally. Not everything Mm -hmm. works according to plan, and sometimes you just run out of stuff.
0: All right. Cool. So... Uh, next up, we have Jorn, God of Winter. Two and a green for a 3-3, three, three. legendary snow creature god. Uh, whenever Jorn attacks, untap each snow permanent you control. And then it's actually a DFC on the other side. And um, we have, is uh, that Caldering the Rhyme Staff? Yes. Uh, so for one blue-black legendary snow artifact, uh you can tap it. You may play target Snow Permanent card from your graveyard this turn. If you do, it enters the battlefield tapped. Ah, uh, yes, this. <laughs> <laughs> this single-handedly
1: meant you were never beating me.
0: <laughs> yeah, ex- 100%. You use this to loop that dumb uh, 4-4 that lets yeah. you take my creatures and steal yeah. them. Yeah, that'd yeah, be yeah. So...
1: This this was this is a very powerful card yeah it does very powerful things i i will say when i first saw this card i'm like okay sure whatever it's it's a thing it's not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. but man actually playing like both halves of this card can do powerful things i'll point out i have never gotten to actually attack with this card to untap my (laughs) snow permanence Except for when I was just, like, rolling over one guy. Like, usually yeah. he just dies on sight. Oh, yeah. But, my god, the Rhyme Staff is so powerful. Card's like stupid. It just lets you grind so much. Yeah. It just it is, like, even and if you ever, like, mill lands or anything like that, you just get to, like, play your lands from the like, graveyard, which is super nice. Like, mm-hmm. it just does a lot of stuff that I appreciate on a magic card and... I dig it. Yep. I, w- I will say this is pu- this is like this only pseudo good pun I have seen from this set is Jorn Snow. Oh, okay. He's the god of winter, and people are yep. obsessed with making jokes. I guess. All right. I LSV liked it, and I'm just I just shook my head because. Yep. LSV is way more punny than I am.
0: That's a low bar to cross.
1: Is a really low bar to cross. <laughs> All, right. All right. Next up, we have a Masked Vandal. One in the green for a one-three creature shapeshifter with changeling. And when Masked Vandal enters the battlefield, you may exile a creature card from your graveyard. If you do, exile target artifact or enchantment and opponent controls. Uh, this is very similar to the card I was talking about earlier, uh, where you know, like, if you're trading off creatures, this does something you know actually relevant. It's not on a one-three body, which I'm not a huge fan of. I would have yeah. actually preferred if it was either a three-one or a two-two. Like one-three, one-three is not really conducive to a card that wants to be trading off cards. Yeah, but this card, like, there are a lot of artifacts and champions that matter in standard right now. This can mm. do something, especially in the late game when you're trying to exile stuff like that. You know, and i saw someone complaining that this exiles and when they're like exiling is white's job why is this exiling cards
0: it's like shut up yeah like that's something that most colors can do calm down yeah you're you're just like picking
1: the most minute of nits just to be a whiner yeah
0: right shut up (laughs) okay All all right um yep next up we have old growth troll Uh, So it is green 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 for a 4-4 creature troll warrior Uh, has trample and when old girl troll dies if it was a creature return it to the battlefield it's an R enchantment with enchant forest you control and enchanted forest has tap at green green and one tap sacrifices land create a tapped 4-4 green troll warrior creature token with trample.
1: I don't think this card is good but this card is sweet
0: and this card has some coolness to it
1: like. I don't care if this card sees play ever. I just think this card is awesome.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, like, it's it's interesting.
1: Leatherback Bayloth was a card that I enjoyed when I was like still a casual Magic player. This card is just better than that in every feasible way possible, which yeah. is kind of cool. Like this just does. I like weird grindy value cards, and that is exactly what this card is. That is true. I mean, you can literally only play it in mono green, but. It is. I think if you're already playing mono green, this is arguably better. This this is arguably a side grade to the King of the Giants, the three three, zero zero that special field counters and gets more counters when you play more creatures. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. Like Yorvo.
1: Yeah, Yorvo. Like this is a side grade, if not a card you just play alongside him. Like if yeah, you want I'd, to be playing ramps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like okay. game value plus ramp, I dig it. Yep. All right. Next up, we have Realm Walker. Two and a green for a 2 3 creature shapeshifter with Changeling. As Realm Walker enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. You play this card, you name Elves, you play it in Legacy, and you just go the F off. Right? <laughs> like. This is a literal thing that you do in Legacy. You go turn one Nettle Sentinel, you go turn two Nettle Sentinel, and Heritage Druid, you tap them, you cast a Realm Walker, you name Elves, you untap your Nettle Sentinels, and you cast your entire deck. And you just just flip over your library, right? And you flip over your library until you hit a land. And then you be slightly sad. And then you untap and you do it again. (laughs) Uh... Like I don't think this card sees playing literally anything else but that, but I don't
0: think it needs to. <laughs> I mean, right? Like this could literally have me creature elf instead of shapeshifter and nobody would know the difference.
1: Yeah, if like if this said creature elf, I remember like, "Oh my god, why are they doing this?" And like, don't get me yeah. wrong, a 3 mana card is a lot for legacy elves. They don't play 3
0: drops. Yep. But But like but, but when you're 3 drop, lets you basically just flip over your deck. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like this just does things, (laughs) it Mm -hmm. does really powerful things.
0: Yep. All right. Uh, Next up, we have Snakeskin Veil, single green for an instant. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. It gains hexproof until end of turn.
1: Uh, this gives me really big. Um, I forgot what the card is called, but it was a Kaladesh blossoming defense. defense. Yeah, this gives me that card. Yeah, this gives me really, really big blossoming defense vibes. This card is a strictly better blossoming defense in Snake. Yeah. Like, straight up, which I utterly adore. Uh, This card is like the ultimate one of in Constructed. Yeah. (laughs) Because you you get them once and they'll be terrified from now until the end of time. There's a reason why we played. Like, we played a single blossoming defense in Snake in Standard. Was it the only one? I'm pretty. Maybe it was two. We didn't play many. We didn't play a ton. It was like one or two. Yeah. No, because like it seemed like you always had it when you needed it, and you never <laughs> it when you didn't. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> and it like, and it tilted people so much that it's like have it, get wrecked. Yeah, life was good. Totally. Yeah, I like Snake Skin Veil. I would be shocked if it doesn't end up seeing playing Standard, even though Standard isn't really about that kind of stuff
0: anymore. Yeah, I just want to play Snake. But okay.
1: All right. Next up we have Nico Aris I actually find the card because for some reason it's not eyes blind why is he all the way down there oh I literally skipped over almost all the multicolor okay that makes sense I was I so I was looking for Nico in the A's oh good job that was my problem <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: uh X white blue blue for a three loyalty legendary planeswalker Nico. When Nico Aris enters battlefield, create X Shard tokens. They are enchantments with two tap or sorry, two sacrifice this enchantment, scry one and draw a card. Plus one up to one target creature you control can't be blocked this turn. Whenever that creature deals damage to deals damage this turn, return it to its owner's hands. Negative one, Nico Aris deals two damage to target tapped creature for each card you've drawn this turn. And negative one, create a shard token. This is single handedly the sweetest planeswalker in this set. And that's counting Tibbolt. <laughs> I really like how this is a blue white planeswalker who doesn't really play towards the normal blue white strategy. Yeah. Like, this, is, this just does other things. Like, that plus one is basically pointless if you don't have creatures in play. Yeah. Besides the fact that the plus is one, obviously. Um, but the fact that it lets you, yes, bouncing your creature back to your hand is really, really weird, but it lets you regain your ETB triggers, mm-hmm. that's a really useful thing to have. The fact that this comes down on turn three and you can just kill something that was already in play that attacked you, super relevant, mm-hmm. you know? the minus 1 giving you you know it is card advantage even though it is a very convoluted card advantage is still a powerful thing um, and i really like how this does scale into the late game you know yes mm-hmm. you have to spend ma- more mana to sack the shards but the fact that is you still get the shards which is ma- that matters you can cast this as a five drop you can, and uh actually get two extra shards and then that's just more card draw in the future, which is not a bad thing. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing about this card that you look at and you're like, this card is absolutely nuts. But you look at it and you're like, this card does a lot of things and it does them okay. Yeah, And I appreciate that.
0: Sometimes just having that toolbox of stuff is just what you're looking for.
1: Yeah, like, this, I, I don't think this card is going to be like a four of in any deck. But I think this card will be will be a role player. It's like a one to three of in some deck. Yep. And I appreciate it for that.
0: <laughs> all right so next up we have pyre of heroes so two mana for an artifact Two tap sacrifice a creature search your library for a creature card that shares a creature type with the sacrifice creature and has a converted mana cost equal to one plus that creature's converted mana cost put that card onto the battlefield then shuffle your library activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery did they finally do it did they make a pod. fixed Perfect pot <laughs> They did. It was called
1: Birthing Pod. Yeah, Birthing Pod was decent. <laughs> uh, Birthing Pod probably got more... Birthing Pod had a lot of sins. Yeah. And it died for its own sins. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but Birthing Pod... Like, you think back to Birthing Pod being banned and then you think of, like, the current state of, like, modern magic. Like, specifically yep. the format of modern. And you're just like, you know, probably didn't need to do that seeing what's going like, oh, to At the time, you needed to do that.
0: But I now think, it's like, oh, wow, it's like, why, right? Like, yeah, like, you
1: could unban Birthing Pod and I guarantee you nothing would happen.
0: Yeah. It'd be like, <laughs> I don't have time to be doing this. <laughs> yeah.
1: Why would I play a value-based grindy deck when I can just kill you on turn three? Uh. <laughs> but, uh this yeah. card is sweet like this card 100 percent can see play in um just a variety of edh tribal decks now you know like i don't know if it will but it could like i mm-hmm. like the fact that this is a you know artifact so it can just see play in anything like obviously it's house well, artifact it goes green so it's limited yeah you know this does cool things. I appreciate its existence. I've been saying yeah. it a lot for some reason. It's
0: a cool card. I like that. It is a really cool card.
1: Okay. Alright, next up we have Weathered Runestone. Two for an artifact. Non-land permanent cards in graveyards and libraries can't enter the battlefield. Players can't cast spells from graveyards or libraries. This card is a slightly upgraded uh one mana more expensive graph digger's cage yeah and i'm hearing a lot of whining about it they're like why did you print this why is there a graveyard hate card when there's no graveyard stuff going on why do you allow all these other decks to do their own thriving but graveyard can't ever do anything blah 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 blah. Here's the thing: when graveyard decks are good they're oppressive
0: yes they're <laughs> awful
1: <laughs> and anyone who doesn't understand that is stupid and this card actually has the potential of seeing play in older formats. Oh, yeah. Be- there are Chalice of the Void format decks that literally can't play Grafdigger's Cage because their entire premise is casting a Chalice on one on turn one. Yep. They then get to play this on turn two. <laughs> yeah. Like, that matters. Having the ability to play a permanent effect like this in your Chalice of the Void deck is a good thing for decks that are trying to do not good things. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> take that any way you want
0: <laughs> yeah right uh okay um, next up we have a whole group of cards uh i'm just gonna read the template for them instead of the names or anything just to get through them here uh so these are all the snow dual lands so all of them are snow lands two land types uh they tap for those colors and they enter the battlefield tapped
1: all right these cards will never see play in anything outside of Standard, except for maybe a one or two of. Them. I'm just gonna put that out there. Yep. Tapped dual lands, even if they are snow type, are not good in older formats. Yep. The ability, even if you common, even if your most common thing to do is fetch a shock land tapped, the ability to play it untapped is just a necessary part of keeping up with older formats. Yeah. Like these cards are good. These cards. I think they're are cool. Like these cards are cool. Nice pun. <laughs> ah, there we go. Uh, these cards are cool. They do cool things. I think these cards are definitely standard playable. If you're playing a deck that cares about snow, i.e., yep. the Soul by Snow deck I was playing, I would be flabbergasted if these saw playing literally anything older than historic at the most.
0: And not just surprised, flabbergasted.
1: Yeah. All right, and the next land cycle is a completion of a cycle. They have printed the last four of the pathways which are the blue-green, the black-red, the white-blue, and the other one that I can't think of.
0: Black-green. black Black-green.
1: Black green, that one. Yeah. Uh, sweet. They're finishing the cycle. I appreciate it. Yep. All I right. like cycles. Cycles are dope.
0: Uh, yep. Okay. So um, next up then we have, if I can find it's right here. next to
1: the black-green one.
0: Okay. There we are. Uh, next up we have Faceless Haven. Uh, it is a snow land. It taps for colorless. You can play three snow, and it becomes a 4-3 creature with Vigilance and all creature types until end of turn. It's still a land.
1: This card is so much worse than Muta Vault, it makes me so sad.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the activation cost on this is sky-high. Let's yeah. be completely honest with ourselves. Uh, the the fact that it's three mana for a four three, or it's effectively four mana for a four three, but you still get the one mana because it doesn't it has vigilance. Yeah. This is good if there ends up being a snow deck that wants it. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if there might be a mono blue snow deck. As far as I can tell, there isn't, but you never know. If you if there is, this card will see play in it.
0: Yeah,
1: but. This, car, this is just one of those cards that you look at, like, this card is cool, but it's not quite good enough.
0: Yeah, right. It's just like... It has the potential
1: to be. Yeah. It definitely has the potential to be. But... Right. And last, and possibly least, because of where they ended up printing it, uh, <laughs> we have Rampage of the Valkyries. Three white black for an enchantment when rampage of the valkyries enters the battlefield create a 4-4 white angel token with flying and vigilance and whenever an angel you control dies each other player sacrifices a creature this is a white black sarah angel with mm-hmm. a uh grave pact attached to it uh this is only available from the theme mm-hmm. boosters which means you cannot open it from a normal pack. You might be able to open it in set boosters, I'm not sure. Um, most of these cards are here. They're meant to be specifically for like, you know, casual decks and stuff like that. But there are a few things in the theme boosters that are like right on the edge of playable. And I do think this card is one of them. I don't yeah. I don't personally think white black angels are good enough. I don't I think they're missing some stuff, they're just not quite there. But they're close. And I think if you do end up playing White Black Angels, I think you do play Rampage of the Valkyries, because it just it's like the ultimate mirror breaker. It's like, oh yeah. no, you killed my angel, I'm killing one of your things, one of your things is dying now. Mm-hmm. And you can just grind people in the dust with it so well, which is just kind of cool.
0: Yeah. If the if, if the changing colors lined up a little better for, for it, it might make it, but yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just not quite enough, unfortunately. Not
0: quite enough, but it's a cool card. I like the card, but yeah. All right. Well, we made it, we made it through the last <laughs> half of that section, so. Um, whew. Uh, these whew. cards are so wordy. They're cool. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I said it last time. The, the set does feel like Ice Age. Yeah. The cards uh, read a lot like Ice Age. Yeah, like these cards. Like this is the most word. This is.
1: Actual, factual, the most wordy set ever printed in Magic. Do you know what the second most wordy set
0: in Magic is? Uh, I'm thinking here. I want to say, like, Homelands, but... Ice Age. I Ice... <laughs> <laughs> called it, right? <laughs> right?
1: This reads like Ice Age because it's even more wordy than Ice Age. <laughs> That's funny. It's kind of dope. Yeah. And, like, like, there's just a lot of sweet stuff going on here. Like, this, yeah. this set is noticeably weaker than its predecessors oh yeah and i appreciate that
0: i'm okay with it
1: like i like that i'm a fan of that i would like that to be a thing like i want standard to become less powerful than it has been because i want to be able to play the decks that are casting freaking eldrazi octopuses in your upkeep again like I want the uh, weird shenanigans like off the wall decks to be viable like they weren't before yeah you know and not just get brick walled by some like ridiculously car like ridiculous card that's like an 11 on the power scale yeah you know like I don't normally complain of a power level I'll make it work if I want to play magic but yeah. it doesn't mean that it doesn't get frustrating after a while
0: totally all right well we did it. Uh, we got the other. <laughs> we'll talk about the rest of our cards next week, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, So if you want to shoot some feedback, send an email to thelocometa at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at thelocometa.pc. Uh, head to thelocometa.com. Links to the Discord and our Patreon are there. Um, check it out, hang out, send us money, do whatever. Uh, yeah, all that and stuff. Cool. John, anything to say before we sign off for this week? Mm, not at the moment. Okay. <laughs>